With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. It's good. Okay. Sunday night. It just, I don't know, it just blinked and then went off. Okay, Sunday night. We're starting in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, starting with the manifestations of grace. And that's charisma or charismata. The things of grace. And... Um, so starting in verse 4. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaks by the Spirit of God and calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, meaning there's a whole variety of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But it's all the same Spirit. Um, you know, and, and we have to keep reminding ourselves that we don't get a compartmentalized uh, Holy Spirit. You got it? Good man. We, gifts are not, what did you call gifts? Charisma. Yeah, but uh -huh. That's part of the Spirit, what did you say? It is the manifestation of the Spirit. The gifts are manifestations. Yes. Charis is grace. And, and uh, that's what C-H-A-R-I-S is the manifestation. It's grace. That's what Charis is. And then um, the Holy Spirit is the agent of Charis. And um, the, the uh, manifestations of Charis are Charisma. Charisma or Charismata. So it's grace that comes from God. The Holy Spirit is the administrator, you know, or the power that, you know, brings the grace. And then um, the charismata are that demonstrations of that grace in the earth. So whenever you see the word gifts, it's the demonstration of grace or the manifestation of grace, um, the power of God there. So they're all different manifestations, but they still all belong to the same Holy Spirit. And when you get baptized, you get all of the Holy Spirit. You don't get this little piece or that little piece. We all have all of the Holy Spirit. So every manifestation, we have the potential for every manifestation to present itself through us. Um, now that doesn't mean that everyone will. And, it, and some may manifest in some people more than others. And, um, but that's not our decision to make. It's just wherever we show up, whatever we're doing, where, wherever we are, if we're working, or if, which none of us are at a job anymore except Bill, but, you know, when you go to work, there are things that, you know, need some grace. <laughs> Bill's in the middle of a grace situation now, and... You know, so whatever the supernatural manifestations that he needs, he needs wisdom, the word of wisdom, he needs a word of knowledge, he needs to know what God wants him to do, those are available. 
And we should expect those things to come to us when we need them. Um, because we're expected to be the blessing. And um, so you... you um, you just know that wherever you are in your neighborhood or, you know, wherever you're meeting with people or talking to people or communicating with people, all of that is available. Um, you, you show up and you are totally equipped. You don't have to doubt whether or not you are. You are totally equipped for whatever. Um, you just have to understand that and most people just don't understand that they're totally equipped. So, oh, I couldn't never pray for somebody to be healed. You know, that's not my gift. But yeah, it is. It is. We're all supposed to be praying for people to be healed. And um, um, when we get to gifts of healing, we'll talk a little more about it specifically. But but yeah, we are. We are all, all of that is available to us through the Holy Spirit's power. Okay. Verse 5. There are differences of administration. Okay. There are different ways that this... this these gifts are used you know they, they have different situations for you know and different needs but um, it's the Lord who says I'm the one telling you where and how to use this gift he's still in charge all we are is the vessel and there are diversities of operations meaning each of these has a different way of operating you know in the, in the world in the, you know in the material world but God is the one who has established it all. He set everything, he set the whole course of nature in order. And however they operate, it is always going to be in sync with the, with the course of nature, with the way the world works, in order for it to be effective for us. The other thing that, um, if I was Paul, of course you know me, I, I'm not Paul, I'm just saying, but I would have added, these are supernatural manifestations not natural every one of these is super natural okay there's nothing here that's listed that can come to you through natural knowledge understanding uh, anything these are all super natural outside of your ability um, <clears throat> manifestations and um that's really important to remember. All of it is supernatural. Okay. Um, ah, verse 6. Uh, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Every, all, the full Charisma, whatever manifestation, supernatural manifestation we need is given to every man because you get the whole Holy Spirit. You don't get a slice of him. You get all of him. Okay. But to one will be given the spirit of word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another manifestations of <coughs> healings, by the same Spirit. To another working in miracles. To another prophecy. Another discerning of spirits. And to <clears throat> and diverse kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. Let me go get a cough drop. Um, <clears throat> now that doesn't mean 
then it's just yours and you only get one. They're all yours and you get whichever one the Holy Spirit deems that you need. <coughs> and most of the time, <coughs> these gifts work, these manifestations work in tandems. Two or three will manifest themselves at the same time <coughs> for the same purpose. Okay. There are nine manifestations listed here. And they're divided into three even groups, actually. Three being the number for divine completeness and nine being the fruit of the Spirit. Which is a good reminder to all of us that this is a fruit that we bear. This is not us doing it. Three of them are revelation gifts. Meaning something is revealed. And the first three are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are revelation manifestations. And all those revelations will have to do with facts and events, purposes, motives, um, divine destiny, human destiny. It can even be satanic, you know, uh, revelations of evil and, and satanic actions as well. Natural and supernatural, past, present, and future. But bottom line, all of them reveal something that you and I could never know with our own natural knowledge and understanding. It is supernatural information. Okay, the next three are power um, anointings or power manifestations. Um, faith, miracles, and manifestations of healing in multiples. Those are power manifestations. And then the last three are utterance or inspirational endowments. And those are prophecy and then tongues with interpretation of tongues. And tongues and interpretation of tongues operate together. So you have revelation, power, and utterance. Okay. So we're going to talk about the revelation ones for a minute. Um, the first two, word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Okay. They are unique in themselves and can be used individually but a lot of times they'll come together God will reveal a fact to you or show you something and then give you wisdom in how to deal with it so he might show you you know in your prayer life that um, you know there might be a a little spirit imp that's tormenting somebody 
and he'll show you that in the spirit and then he'll give you the wisdom to know how to get rid of that thing what you need to say none of which you could know in the natural okay now wisdom belongs to us all of us just read Proverbs in James 1 it says if you like wisdom ask and it will be given you but that's a different wisdom than this supernatural anointing um, we have the mind of Christ so we, we have the capability of having both natural wisdom and supernatural wisdom Okay. So the word of wisdom is first supernatural and it is only one tiny little fragment of all of God's wisdom. God's wisdom is infinite. And out of his wisdom he gives us one tiny small fragment, a word of wisdom. I hear people talk about this a lot. I have the gift of wisdom. And I'm going, yeah, we all have the gift of wisdom. But you might not always have a word of wisdom, you know, from God, a supernatural word. So I want to just show you a couple of examples of a word of wisdom. Old Testament and New. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would just fall on people. <clears throat> people until they accomplished what they needed and then the Holy Spirit would lift. We are blessed because the Holy Spirit is in us. He never leaves. So we always have that tap run and we can get into it whenever the Holy Spirit says. But go to Exodus 35. At this point Moses has gotten all the information from God. God has planned to come and dwell among his people. And he says, I want you to build this tabernacle. And he built it on the plans of the, of the tabernacle in heaven. And he told Moses what all was needed. Well, none of the people had ever seen a tabernacle. They didn't know what it looked like. Nobody had any idea. And I don't know about you, but for me, if I'm going to get it, I need to see it before I try to make it. You know, somebody just tells me a cute craft, try this. If I can't see a picture of it, I don't know where I'm going. So God had told them to build this tabernacle, but they didn't know where they were going. They didn't have any uh, type or model or any experience in it. Nobody knew what it was. This is a new thing. So this is what God did. Go to verse 30 in Exodus 35. Exodus 35. Okay. So the people were willing to donate, but everybody just, nobody knew where to start. What do you do? 
And this is what happened. Look at verse 31. Or verse 30. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. Next verse. This is cool. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge in all manner of workmanship. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that put that image in his mind so that he knew what to do and how to start it and to devise curious works to work in gold and silver and brass and in the cutting of stones to set them and the carving of wood to make any manner of cunning work. And he has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Ahaliab, the son of Ahishamach of the tribe of Dan. Them has he filled with the wisdom of heart. This was a supernatural knowledge. It wasn't something that they could have learned by going to engineering school. It was supernatural wisdom and knowledge. Okay, now go to Matthew 16. Matthew. And where are we going? Matthew 16. Mm-hmm. Every time you're talking about the word of wisdom, it always has to do with the purposes of God. His plan, His purpose. Um... And, um, okay, let me just stop right there before I say any more. Um, Matthew 16, this is Jesus talking to the guys. Who do people say that I am? So start with verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, Elias, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. That was a word of wisdom. And it had to do with the purposes of God in the earth. Everybody understood Messiah to a degree. They were thinking kingly Messiah, conquering Messiah. But, but it was wisdom from God that allowed Peter to have that revelation, that understanding. He said, you never would have gotten that on your own, Peter. That was a supernatural revelation. Um... And it had to do with my purposes, you know, and, and my plans for the future.
Um, okay, second of all, wisdom is revelation. It is not conclusion or inference that we can draw from our own sources. That God's word of wisdom is pure revelation. It, it's not a conclusion that you can draw or an inference you can make. And third, like I said before, it's always about God's plans and purposes for the future. And it can be as big as Daniel's prophecy about God's plan for the future. Or it could be, you know, as small as and as deep as you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You know, it, it, it can be complicated like building the temple, you know, building the tabernacle. Or it can be very simple like love expressed is grace defined. That's just one little word of wisdom. And um, so when you, when you get into situations where you need it, you ask God and expect him to give you supernatural wisdom. He'll do it. Um, it may line up with what you think because you've got the word in your brain anyway, but it's always going to line up with the word and it, and it will always be of help. It will always help you. It will never harm you. Um, so if anybody comes up with a word of wisdom that doesn't line up with scripture, get away from it about as fast as you can. Um, word of knowledge is very similar. But knowledge has to do with, it's a fragment of unfathomable knowledge um, that's revealed. It'll be factual and informational. And it's something that you can't know by natural means. It can be a fact concerning the spiritual realm or it can be a fact about the material realm. It can be either way. But it's about things that factually are present and future. Um, but it's not about... I'm present and past, excuse me. But... Um, it's just a factual bit of information. Um, for an example, in Acts, when Peter, when Ananias came and gave that money to Peter, you know, he was sold that whole lot, but then he and his wife agreed together to hold money back. Well, he didn't go into Peter and say, Here, Peter, we've given you a part of what, you know, of, of the land we sold. They just went in and handed it to him assuming that Peter would think that he got the whole uh, cost of the land sold. But Peter instantly said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Nobody told Peter. In fact, they avoided telling Peter. But Peter knew because he had a word of knowledge about that present tense situation and passed what they had just done. And he also knew what was about to happen when he said, somebody's coming to the door to take your body out of here. <laughs> you know, that's knowledge. That is a factual bit of information that you could not have known otherwise. Um, go to 1 Kings. We'll do Old Testament again. You can find 1 Kings again. Is that different from a vision? You No. Actually, you can get a word of knowledge from a vision. Uh -huh. It can come to you in a vision, it can come to you in a dream, or it can just pop into your imagination. It can come in any way that the Lord can get it to you. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? 
um, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. Um, yeah, that was a good question, Bill. Um, that knowledge, same with wisdom. They can come, that knowledge can come either way. But like, do you remember when you needed to turn around and go back and get your signage? Do you remember that one day you came home and you said, I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to go back and get those signs straightened out or something. And lo and behold, I haven't even forgotten the story. But that was a word of knowledge from the Lord. You could not have known in your own reasoning because you were heading for home. But supernaturally, the Lord said, you go back and get those signs, check out whatever it was. And it was a good thing you did. And... Um, I forgot what it was. Wasn't but that something about the signs got turned the wrong direction? Something, I can't remember. Or yeah, I don't remember, but... Yeah, and um, so he turned around and went back. But that was a word of knowledge, and it came very quickly, and, you know, those are the things that you act on. Sometimes you're, you know, you're doing something or going somewhere or planning something, and all of a sudden you just know that you're supposed to do this or that or go here or do that. Um, and it's just a word of knowledge. But it's not something that you would know from your perspective. It's just God saying, I'm telling you, this is what you got to do now. Isn't that a lot of the stories from 9-11 where people were got this word yes. to not go yes. at the time or go that direction or that route? Right. But somehow they were saved from that destruction because That's right. of that word. That's right, because of a word of knowledge. It was a word of knowledge. Exactly right. And it was everywhere. You know, testimonies came out of that that were unbelievable um, about how God saved so many of his people. And I, I dare say that he was speaking to everybody, you know, but those that heard it testified, you know. But, but yeah. Um, in uh, First Kings, we're looking at Elijah um, in, in 19. We'll just start with verse 13. Um, Elijah's pouting here. Um, you know, he just had that big run in, killed all those Baal priests, and he run away and hid in a cave, and and God comes to him in the whirlwind. You know, so verse thirteen. Mm -hmm. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave, and behold. There came a voice to him, and it said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous of the Lord of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and slain your prophets and the, with the sword, and I, um, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away, as if God didn't know. And the Lord said to him, Return, go your way, to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you come, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Now he could not supernaturally know um, Haziel. He couldn't possibly supernaturally know that he was going to be king over Syria until God said so. That's a word of knowledge. But it's also a word of wisdom because it has to do with the future plan that he had for Syria. So it's a combination there. But that's not all there is here. And Yehu, um, the son of Nimshi, shall you anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat of 
um, Abel Mahalath shall you anoint to be prophet in your room. And it will come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Hazael um, shall Jehu slay. And him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. And yet, and here's the word of knowledge. I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all knees which have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. He could never on his own have known that there were 7,000. Um, I mean, you couldn't tell. I, I have no idea how many Christians there are in Bedford County right now. You know, I have no way of knowing. And, and um, he thought that he was the only one left. And as it turned out, God said, no, there are 7,000. A factual piece of knowledge that he needed to know to be encouraged. You're not the only one left. There's 7,000 of you. I'm taking care of it. But he did not know that. All right, flip to 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is, um, this is discerning of spirits, <coughs> but it is also a word of knowledge. Um, Elisha, you know, had been heading off the king of Syria. Every time Syria would try to attack Israel, God would give him the word of knowledge about what their plan was. And Elisha would go and give that word of knowledge to the king in Israel and um, it would thwart every attempt that Syria made to attack Israel. And so Elisha was getting all these words of knowledge, a factual piece of information that Elijah could not know about the military plans of the enemy. Wouldn't it be nice if the word of wisdom was operating in our military right now? Oh my. But um, anyway, so they went to Dothan because the king of Syria figured out that Elisha was the one squealing on him. And so they were all going to go after him and Elisha went to Dothan and here came the whole Syrian army to wipe out Elisha. Um, well, um, let's see where to start. Um, start with verse 15 in chapter 6. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. Now this is in the material realm. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Okay. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more that be with them. Factually, Elisha somehow knew in the spirit realm that the armies of God were greater around that place than the armies of the Syrian king. But the servant was fearful, so Elisha asked that his eyes be opened. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes, that open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. 
Um, so, <clears throat> so he had discerning of spirits there. And he had um, a, a factual piece of knowledge that he couldn't have known in the natural. No way could he have naturally known that those, the whole host of God's army was around, around them and it was greater than the Syrian army unless God had given him that knowledge. And then um, he prayed so that his servant could see them so that he would stop being afraid. And of course they blinded the, the army and got away. Um, over and over you see that word of knowledge um, Cornelius was praying and the Lord said you know there's a man right now that you need to go and get and his name is Peter and you know send your men to get him and bring him to you well that's a word of knowledge he knew right where to go to get Peter and he sent his men to get him that Peter was going to come and minister Peter's up on the roof and he's coming down after his vision that's a word of wisdom and we'll talk about that in a minute but that word of knowledge was, now Peter, somebody's going to come knock at the door for you and it's Gentiles and I want you to go with them. That was a word of knowledge. He could not possibly have known that Cornelius sent those men, but he knew immediately when they knocked on the door that that's what it was. Um, another example, um, when Nathaniel was brought to Jesus, Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus, Nathaniel's going... I'm coming, but this is not, you know, don't think for a minute that I'm going to get all hepped up about this, Philip. And Jesus saw him and he said, I saw you sitting under a tree, you know, before um, Philip got to you. And, and um, Nathaniel said, wow, and he knelt down right there and he said, you, you truly are at least the prophet of nothing else. He believed because of that, but Jesus in the material could not have known about Nathaniel sitting under that tree when Philip came to get him. There's no way that Jesus could have known that. And yet Jesus had that one speck of knowledge, a factual piece of knowledge. Um, and over and over again, Jesus knew exactly what the scribes and the Pharisees were thinking. Before they ever opened their mouths, he was already saying, I know what it is that you're thinking exactly. He knew that bit of knowledge about present tense, what they were thinking. Um, all of that is it's necessary when you minister. It's nice to have those words of knowledge. Okay. Um... Say, I don't need to give you any more of that. Um, okay. So, word of wisdom then has to do with God's future plans. What He wants to do, how they're going to work, and it's just knowledge that helps you go where He wants to take you. It has to do with the purposes and plans of God. Just like John's vision of revelations. Um, of what's happening in the future and the plans of God, but um, a word of um, word of knowledge is a factual bit of information that somebody in, in will be revealed to you that will help you at the immediate moment to know something that you could not possibly know otherwise. Um, and like I said, it'll God can speak it to you in the back of your mind. You can see it in a vision. You know, you can see it 
envision in, in, in the back of your mind, like a movie that plays out. Or you can just, you know, you can even have a dream about it. But um, God will get that to you however he knows that you can receive whatever it is he has for you. If he can just tell you, okay. But he might need to show you. So if you're talking to somebody in a room and the Lord says, you know, this man's planning to kill you in a minute. You need to get out. Um, he might just be able to whisper that in your head and you can go. But um, he might need to show you in the spirit, uh, you know, the gun in his pocket or whatever. Um, but he'll give you the revelation that you need to, to get you out of there. But a lot of times knowledge and wisdom work together. Same thing with discerning of spirits. It is seeing into the supernatural. Um, with the eyes of your, with your supernatural eyes. Um, like, um, in, like Isaiah seeing into the throne room of God. Or Daniel seeing the son of man coming to, you know, to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and getting the, you know, getting the scepter and be given the rule. Those things are all um, discerning of spirits because you're seeing in the spirit realm what's actually happening in the spirit realm. Um, uh, when Joseph had the dream and the angel appeared to him in the dream to tell him to take Mary, um, or even when Mary saw the angels, there's that ability for her to see those angels. I find it interesting that men like Daniel, um, who had an angelic visit, and so did Paul, all the men with them felt the presence but they were not allowed, or when Jesus appeared to Paul and when the angel appeared to Daniel, I should say, excuse me. The men that were with him could sense a mighty presence but saw nothing. But um, Daniel was allowed to see the angel in the spirit realm, you know, and um, physically be touched by that angel. And Paul physically saw the Lord in the spirit realm. None of the other men with him saw the Lord. They just were, you know, they were knocked off their horses and they were blinded by the light too, but they did not see Jesus. Paul saw Jesus. Um, and that is discerning of spirits. There are times when, you know, you'll, you'll be around somebody and your, your spirit will start to crawl a little bit. You go, something's not right here. It's a discerning of spirits. But now when this gift is operating, the Holy Spirit will say very clearly, you know, that man has a spirit of infirmity on him. You need to get that off of him. You need to speak to that spirit of infirmity. Or, um, you know, this, this lady has a spirit of confusion on her. And you need to speak to that spirit. Um, or maybe there's just a spirit in the room or something that you need to get rid of. I've seen it in church. You know, when we're praying in the spirit, I'll see that uh, like a spirit of lethargy just hanging over one corner of the church or the other. You know, and you just have to tell him to get out. He's not staying in the church. But the Holy Spirit will give you those uh, discernments. Same with the glory cloud that appeared and I missed um, in the sanctuary. You know, some people saw it. I didn't. But um, the Lord will give you those um, discernments into the spirit realm for whatever need be. And um, you should expect them, you know. 
Um, prayer warriors, servants of God, we all need to be able to sense that because in Ephesians and 2 Corinthians it tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God are the pulling down of strongholds. We need to have word of wisdom, word of knowledge um, because and discerning of spirits in order to know exactly what to use our weapons on. And um, so we need to be able to hear clearly from the Spirit and allow Him to use our imagination to show us things. Um, sometimes we're pretty quick to shut our imaginations down because we say it's just that. Oh, I just imagine that. But, um, and, and I used to think that, you know, like if I'm praying and my mind starts to wander, um, you know, and I'm having a hard time staying on track and, and praying in the Spirit because my mind's going somewhere, I find now that it's easier and better if you just follow it and say, Lord, where are you, what are you showing me? Because a lot of times He's taking your thinking mind off to show you something while you're praying in the Spirit you know, and it's not you being distracted by your own thoughts, but rather the Lord saying, okay, look at this, you know, or I want you to think on this and bring a situation to your mind or a name to your mind or a person or a, you know, uh, an activity or a past experience or something like that. And if your mind goes there, you know, kind of follow it up and say, Lord, is this from you? If it is, you know, I'm going to keep praying, but just show me what it is. If it isn't from you, we just shut it down in Jesus' name. But um, I've gone to the point where if it's a struggle, I kind of follow it up in my mind to see where it goes. Because sometimes I, I'm learning that the Lord will distract you from your prayer time in order to tell you something or to show you something or to make you think about something while you're praying. So don't always shut down your thought life when you're praying in the Spirit um, because God may be uh, wanting to tell you something or show you something or wanting you to focus on something while you're praying. You know, um, Whatever it is, you might start worrying about a bill that's not paid. You know, and you'll go, oh, I can't let the world in. But maybe the Lord's wanting you to pray about that bill. You know, so or go pay it. Or go pay, right. You know, or he's trying to show you how to get it paid. Right. And um, so if you keep choking it out when you're praying in the Spirit and trying to focus on the Lord, you miss that. And he may be wanting you to pray in the Spirit and address that thing. And um, so you need to just kind of be careful about it, um, you know, and listen a minute before you just completely shut it down because, because you're not paying attention and you're not focused on the Lord. He's, it's very possible he's trying to have a conversation with you in the midst of your prayer time. So don't, you know, don't be too quick to even close that off. Um, there's too much that he can show you. Um, okay. Well, it's 10 till. We're going to quit a little early night. I don't want to go into the manifestations of power. So we're going to quit there. If anybody's got comments or questions or what have you, lay it on us. Well, okay. You guys are suddenly a quiet bunch here. Yeah, we've been pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm listening. laughs> 
Well, you know, it's things we already know. This is not uh, new territory, really. But they're just good reminders. You know, you just, I needed to hear all this again. I needed to dig this up and go back. I was blowing the dust off of old Kenneth Hagin books and, you know, digging back in when he was speaking about grace and what, you know, what it was for him and um, things that we chewed on for years, but you just forget it. You take the old gum and stick it behind your ear and forget it's there, you know? Yeah. yeah. We had a situation, this was probably 20 years ago. Um, we had a, a number of spirit-filled in our church, and uh, and they affected other people, and it, we had quite a, a growing group, you know, that were were interested. And uh, uh, one lady particularly was was so against this that she was going to cause all kinds of troubles, you know. So we had a, a board meeting, and. Uh, there was probably uh, 35 or 40 people there. And there was an old gentleman who was the, the head of the board at that time. And uh, they started, uh, uh, she, she got up and she said, I want to make a motion that we, we stop all this nonsense. You know, <laughs> that we have a regular church service and, and that's it. And, uh, and all the things that go on in the church would be done through the uh, uh, through the effort of, of asking first, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, would have to be approved before they could do anything in oh church. Oh, my. You know? Well, it just killed us, you know. Yeah. So, well, anyway, one of the, one of the guys stood up and he says, he said, uh, he said, I think we've done, been doing the Lord's work. He says, I think we need to stay with it, you know, and, and keep on going. And, uh, and, uh, then they said uh, uh, all in favor, you know, and uh, and this this old gentleman who was the clean, he said, he said, I want those to uh, oppose stand up. Oh. <laughs> and, and one woman stood up. No, that was it. Was this woman. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of raising your hand, boy, that put you on the spot. Yeah. God know, bless him. Yeah, but it was it was really the start because then. But uh, we had people in, you know, two or three uh, our evenings. For, oh yeah. You know, for <laughs> for uh, information and stuff, you know, it was. But uh, we kind of did whatever, you know. Whatever. That's whatever exactly wanted, right. You know. Yes. But, uh, well, that's what I love. I said, you know, it's a shame we get so far away from Wesley, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but you're, I don't think he would be invited to preach at our pulpit. Yeah. First person that fell out, they'd ask him to leave. I don't think this, I don't think this fellow even knew what he said. What he was, probably not, just the Lord using him. Yeah. <laughs> just that vessel. He says, he says uh, stand up, those who opposed. He says, stand up. <laughs> One woman. Well, I'll tell you, that's awesome. I love it. So, I tell you, God's preserving it here, isn't he? Um, I was telling the people in my Sunday school class, because a lot of them are not spirit-filled. I said, you, you would be amazed at how many in this body are full gospel. You would be absolutely amazed. In this church? Yes, in this church. You know. Um, Why do you think this church is growing and progressing as it exactly. is? Exactly. all these ministries. Exactly. It's because of the underground. That's right. Spirit-filled. Right. Full gospel. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. That live the word. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think it's the power of the spirit. You know, being able to pray in the spirit and you know cover this body and cover everybody and you know I, I am convinced of that. But it's praise the Lord for he, he it. Do whatever he needs to do. He absolutely can, and he's got enough vessels here. You know that he can pretty much do it. Um, but we just need to take another step. We need to keep going higher. We need to get get further over because um, as things get darker and darker, we need to get lighter and lighter. You know, and as things get harder, we need to get bolder. And um, that only comes when we when we are convinced that we understand the power of God. You know, the grace of God in His heart. And you know, yeah. And, uh, we went to a Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.